Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast this evening. Tonight, we have a very special guest, and her name is Miss Chelly Phillips. She is also my amazing friend, and I am so excited to talk with her tonight. Again, she is a, an award-winning author, and the things we have to share tonight are going to just kind of blow your mind. So let's get this Beacon of Light podcast started. You guys ready out there? Let's hear it. Let's see where you guys are from. Let's do it. I'm April Tribe Juke. Welcome to the Beacon of Light podcast. I believe we are all made with light, and light is hope. This podcast brings authors who write stories of hope to all of you. Your journey to be inspired and amplified by these stories starts now. All right, Miss Chelly. So we're up here in Twin Falls, Idaho. And Chelly, where are you broadcasting from this night? I'm about an hour south of Atlanta, Georgia. Awesome. Well, welcome, y'all. And we can really say that tonight, right? Like Chelly said, as we were getting Absolutely. things set up, there's more than one way to skin that cat. <laughs> Getting everything all ready. So <laughs> I wanted Chelly here tonight because she posted something so awesome. And um, I want you to share a little bit about what you posted just recently. Because Chelly, she works with lots of people every day. And in this um, commonality of offices and companies and all those things that she works with, and, and I'll say the word deals with, she had something that really caught my eye. And I'm like, girl, I got to get you on tonight, tonight. So, Chelly, share with us a little bit about what that is this evening. So, today I posted about dealing with negative people in the workplace. Or, you know, like I like to say, like, so you don't actually want to go put your hands around their neck and strangle them before the day is over. You know, um, the workplace is one of those places you really don't have control over. You know, you don't get to pick who your coworkers are. Someone else is hiring them and putting them in there in the cubicle with you. And so it's really up to you to set boundaries and learn how to deal with them and, you know, not let that negativity, you know, become what you focus on in the workplace or let it go home with you in the afternoon so that, you know, you carry that over into your family life or just make you miserable to show up on Monday every week. You know, your workplace is somewhere that you need to go. You need that paycheck to survive. And that's one of those things that, you know, you need to kind of learn early on how to deal with these situations as they come up. Right. And in dealing with these situations, it's hard, right? Because uh, like you said, coming back every Monday, it's not like um, maybe we can have this discussion and then we can part ways. And nope, I got to come back. I got to come back the next week. And I'm telling you what, dealing with negative workplace challenges are really tough because sometimes we want to compare it to um, that, that idea of maybe even parenting. This week, something was explained to me like that, like, well, maybe their way is like this. And, you know, I won't comment on how you parent and you probably won't comment about how I parent. So maybe we shouldn't comment about how that person is parenting, but it had nothing to do with parenting. It was how they related to people within the workplace. And they jumped over to this other explanation. And I'm thinking, 
what they're doing, whether it was with their family, I hope never, ever, it's not professional. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, oh, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. Like, hmm, I don't know about that. Pretty interesting conversation. So what happens when you start one of those conversations that you know has to happen, right? Because you're laying down the boundaries. How do you approach that? What do you do, Miss Chelly? So, you know, I always like to say is you have to start this conversation with I. Because you are the one that is feeling the way that you feel and you are the one that's responsible for taking control of the situation. You know, being a team player or being a coworker doesn't mean being a door, you know, a doormat. So you have to have that self-confidence and self-assurance and know that it's okay to set these boundaries and, you know, make the limitations that you need in place. But I always like to say it's never you did this, you, 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 you. If you want to have a productive conversation with somebody on this level, your coworker, you need to start it with I. I feel upset when you talk to me like X, Y, Z. Or I feel unheard. Is there, is this a good time to talk or can we set an appointment to have a conversation? So Ooh, it's all, in, that's it's a all good about one. me. You know, like you're not throwing it on them, making it their fault or anything. It's all about how you felt. Because the one thing that no one can tell you is how you feel. Those Very are yours, true. you on those feelings. And so they have to honor those. Right. And when they don't honor or respect that, it's important to take some time to maybe process um, an approach with that. And maybe even with some neutrality to, to enter in with it. And I, and I think that's really something important. I wanted to share something that Miss Chelly shared with me. And um, I'm going to share my screen. So hang on, make sure I got my technical abilities here. What are you going to do? <laughs> so in the thing that she posted today, there was something that, you know, working with this negativity with that's within the, the workplace. I think y'all can see it now. Look at the statistic that she has shown here. Nearly 20% of the U.S. workers experience bullying. Obviously, this is what first caught my eye, and I'm like, whoa, we got to read through this. And it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And anytime when we're having negativity and things like that, it can become into harassment as well as into abuse. Again, so there's different levels of things, right? But how we stand up to ourselves can maybe lessen that. Go ahead, Miss Chelly. So, you know, that's a good point that you bring up, you know, any kind of relationship that causes you stress, whether it's a domestic violence situation or whether it's bullying in the workplace or at school, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in school right now. But the thing with the workplace is it's very rarely violence. You know, you don't have that physical violence in the workplace. It's more likely going to be mental and verbal abuse. And people often don't talk about that piece of it, just like they don't talk about it in their home life. You know, they don't talk about it happening to them at work. And, you know, sometimes these kids can start very subtly, but it's a long-term behavior pattern that you want to look at. You know, everybody can have that bad day and we have to have that little bit of grace to go, okay, we're going to come back tomorrow, regroup and see if this is still going on. But if this is something that happens consistently three months, six months, a year down the road, you know, this is something you really need to address and really start looking at that workplace situation. 
Right. And it is really interesting to see that experience, you know, what we can do really to put forward. So as you can see here that shared on the screen, you're not alone on this. And if you have any questions with this, there's a freebie right here that Miss Chelly puts in there. This is a download. Put your name and email address on there. She wants to be able to really help you get to these next levels of how you can improve your workplace situation. And Miss Chelly has been just... I would say she is a beacon of light for me and empowering me to do things that I have never, <laughs> never done or never had the guts to really do within my own workplace. And it is making a big difference. Does it make it easy? No. But I find the confidence and the boundaries are clearer and clearer. And that is what's making the difference. You know, the, the freebie that you're showing right there, I like to say there's like, you know, about six different types of bullies in the workplace. And, you know, pardon me for being a little cutesy here, um, but I've got names for them. And so if you'll, you know, humor me for just a few minutes, I want to talk through those six really quickly. And I want you to think about the workplace that you're in right now and see if you can put a face to some of these. So the first one that I call is the subtle Sharon. It's the person that says, oh, that's a nice dress you have today. But, oh, what did you do to your hair? So it's the compliment, but then it's the, the little side slide that we're going to slide in there and go, oh, I'm going to make a dig anyway on you. Or it could be, oh, that was a great report. Oh, but your presentation skills were really lacking. You know, some of that can be considered, you know, constructive criticism. But if it's not done in the manner that it should be done and done in a professional way, then, you know, that's subtle, Sharon, and you need to, like, really set your boundaries. Then I like this song called, there's like the sneaky Steve. That's the guy that always, you know, I was just joking. Why are you offended? You know, like, don't take it so seriously. You know, you know, when things are said in jest and when they're not. And that's just a cover for me to try and get myself out of trouble because I know I went too far. And then you have the Betty Bomber. This is the person that just explodes in public. They're going to yell. They're going to curse. They're going to have their moment. They don't care who's hearing. It's all about them getting their feelings out there. And it doesn't matter whether they're right, wrong, or indifferent. And then you have Sarah the snake. This is the person that goes behind your back. This is the person that's really after your reputation at work. You know, they're going to tell you good things to your face, but they're going to go be the awesome gossip that's going to be out there, you know, around the break room and all this other kind of stuff, spreading whatever they want to spread to make you look bad. And then one that you may not think of, I call him Gatekeeper George, because the keeper of the information in the workplace is the one that generally feels like they have the most power. So perhaps you've got a big project and maybe George doesn't give you all the necessary information or the tools that you need. He has the gate keys that lets you get what you need. And then he just, oh, well, I forgot to give you these when something doesn't happen the way it needs to be. And then finally, there's what I call jealous Julie, which is really a person that has an inferiority complex. But, you know, they maybe they're jealous of the accolades that you're getting or the fact that you closed a big deal or, you know, the boss really gave you a compliment in the staff meeting or something like that. And so this is the person that's going to go around trying to be detrimental to you, make make things look bad for you because they're actually jealous of the attention that they're getting because they're afraid of your talent. And that means that, you know, they have a lot of self-doubt in them. And that's the thing is if you really look at what's happening, you can pretty much identify, you know, 
what's going on in the other person's life. It rarely is about the person being bullied. It's all about the bullier and them trying to make them feel, feel more important or make them feel more valuable in the workplace at that point in time. Right. Oh, truth. All that truth is happening right there. I love it. We are seeing likes and hearts out there. Share some comments with us here tonight. Tell us what maybe you might need some help with. Miss Chelly is here to answer these questions. She is an award-winning author. She understands. I mean, as a matter of fact, as you can see, scrolling right down here underneath us, when in doubt, delete it. This is part of setting up some of those boundaries, right? Because, eh, you know, sometimes we've been a jealous Julie, right? Or sometimes ourselves have has experienced things of this nature. And so it's a good self-check, right? Examine ourselves to figure out, ooh, why am I upset by what's happening? Ah, maybe I am a little jealous. So it can go on both sides of it, right? One side to see what is happening so that you know how to draw the boundaries. And the other reflection is, oh, nope, <laughs> that was me. Oops. Okay. I'm going to fix up some stuff, right? And so, Chili, have you ever experienced both sides of any of those six that you have shared with us tonight? I mean, be honest or, or not. I think if, <laughs> any, if everybody's honest, everybody has experienced something in, in some measure in their life of some of these, you know. Um, it's in the book, When in Doubt, Delete It, which was the first one that I wrote, I like to say that book is you know, like me sitting on the front porch with my group, my circle of women friends that range from like my millennials to I'm not even going to go to what the ages are because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But they're the ones that still read newspaper and get ink on their fingers. And, you know, the things that we talked about, you know, like I wish I, had, you know, like we wanted to share these things with the group coming behind us for them to know that, you know, it, it, it is, it does happen. And there's ways that you can deal with it. And there's ways that you can, you know, grow from it. And then there's ways that you can thrive from it. You know, you can use that. You know, one of the stories I tell in that book is about me leaving a workplace after I'd worked there for 20 years because of a new boss that came in. And, you know, when I look at negativity in the workplace, you know, it can be things like um, belittling you. It can be making you feel ignored and not part of the team. It can be isolation, like you're not allowed to participate in things. It can be the loss of responsibility for no apparent reason, um, withholding information like we talked about. You know, all of these things can be form of a workplace negativity. And when I had that boss come in, it was an immediate thing with me that I no longer felt valued. You know, I no longer felt like I was part of that team. And, you know, it took several months for it to kind of set in, you know, the first initial reaction was, what have I done? Like, what's wrong with me? And, you know, it's, it's real easy. And especially us women, I think we tend to internalize these feelings. We don't talk about them because there's something about like, you know, there must be something wrong with me. It's not going to be them. It's got to be me. So I don't want everybody to know what's going on. And, you know, that was one of those times in life where, you know, it took one incident with a, you know, an email that made me wake up and go, 
you know, I have worth, I have value. And this is not where I want to stay for the rest of my life to be able to, you know, make that switch and go find something else. And that's one thing that I would encourage anyone, if you're in one of these situations and you've tried dealing with it and you've tried setting boundaries and you've had conversations with your boss and you've had, you know, conversations with your coworker and it doesn't get better, you know, sometimes the best move is to leave that job. And I'm going to give you another piece of advice there. The best time to find a job is when you have one. So if you're not in physical harm and you can tough it out till you can find another one, you're always more employable when you have that job that you're at currently, you know, right or wrong and different, the trends and the numbers show that. And so if you're in that situation, now's the time to start, you know, building up your resume, building up your personal brand and getting all of that material ready to make that move. And then, you know, you walk out classy, you know, walk out with your head high and know that you have found another place that's going to value you and your skills and your contributions to that organization. And this one, you're not even going to look back on because it's not worth it anymore. It needs to stay in your rearview mirror and just know that you've grown from it and that there is so much more out there waiting for you. That is so true. I love it. Rebecca says, preach. Preach <laughs> it out there, Miss Chelly. All right. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for sharing those parts are so important. And if you really look at any kind of relationship, our responsibility to share what that boundary is, is big. And that's on us. And Rebecca says she spent 22 years in a position and spent 20 of them looking for new positions. Oh, no. Whoa, girl, you understand this. So I have a question for yeah. you, Miss Rebecca. Did you find it? I hope. If not, Shelly's your girl, man. Go with her. <laughs> I mean, that has to be you know, that finding that new place after so long. That has got to be such a relief and such a weight off. Um, you know, I, I can totally sympathize. Mine didn't last that long. Thank goodness. You know, um, I, less than a year later, I was <laughs> you retired. Awesome. <laughs> And so well, I am so glad you're not dealing with that now. Um, you know, that that is the thing is like we don't really realize how our work impacts our personal life as well. You know, we spend so many hours a day there and whether you like it or not, you bring that home with you. So if you're just crushed day in and day out by what's happening, you can't come home and be that life giver at the house. You know, you can't be that fun mom. You can't be that dad that's engaged. You can't be, you know, that sister that is, you know, the one that all the, the nieces and nephews want to come hang out with anymore. You know, the aunts and the uncles and, and, and all this other kind of stuff, because you don't have the energy left after you let it get leached out of you in the workplace. And so you know, that's the one thing that, you know, I really want everybody to take, you know, to heart is that, you know, you don't actually leave work maybe with a bruise like you would in a, in a domestic violence situation, but you leave that bruise in your soul and in your spirit and in your energy and the people around you feel that. And so that's the one thing, you know, I would encourage anybody, if you can make these changes and, and, you know, if you can do some small things to make your workplace better, you're probably not going to be the only one that's going to appreciate that. You know, sometimes it takes that one person to make that bold step. And then you may realize you're not the only one being treated that way by someone. And you have a whole team of advocates behind you when they realize that you have the courage to stand up. 
That's right. That's a great idea to know that, okay, they went, I'm going to, and it becomes that team support effort. And it's kind of interesting, right? Because there's so many of us and only a few of them. And so if we can all join together and be a part of that, maybe real change can actually happen. So that's incredible. Great advice, Miss Shelley. So I noticed you that you said, like Lewis noticed, you, I noticed <laughs> that you were also talking about a personal brand. So here's my question. I know this is part of your second book about get noticed and get hired. So in that part, let's say you've made the situation or you made the decision based on the situation that you are going to move, right? You're going to move positions wherever it is within the company and a new company, however it all is going to work out. You've made that decision. You're still working, like you said, still working, still doing these things and making your plan. So with that, on the get notice and the personal branding, how do you bring in this positivity when the energy and the leeching, I love what you said there, the leeching of your soul is like, still happening how do we bring in this positivity on the personal brand so that when the new position opens up and you're interviewing and all of that the hiring can actually happen for you share with us like what you can do with that so you know i think when you take control of your personal brand you know it makes you have that moment of clarity where you do realize these are the skills that i bring to a table I have a lot to offer and someone would be very, you know, they would be very lucky to have me come work for them and know what I can bring to this organization. You know, sometimes it just takes putting it on paper. You know, like if you're like me, I have lists for days, you know, and it's like, and there's nothing more exciting to me than be able to mark off these things that I've accomplished and that kind of thing. And I like to look at them at the end of the day and go, huh, I did this. Now, I'm also one of those people that will put things that I've already done on my list so that I can have some that I've already marked off, you know, like that I did, you know, really quickly. So I have some quick wins, you know, but it's that same feeling that you get, you know, like sometimes you just need to see it. And when you build your brand out and you learn how to communicate your worth and your effectiveness in a workplace, you know, it makes you own it. And so that translates into your interviews and everything else. You're able to communicate it. You're able to show it. And the one thing I like to tell my um, clients when I work with them is don't forget the interview is a two-way street. They may be interviewing you, but you're interviewing them. And so the, you know, the, uh, the most important thing is you don't want to put yourself back into another organization that, you know, heralds these kind of behaviors that you're wanting to get rid of. So in that interview situation, you know, ask about, you know, what is their culture there? You know, how do they grow into their employees? How do they invest in their employees? Or ask them how their supervisory structure is set up, you know, or who is their go-to person? You know, like who are some of the shining stars there? Can you tell me about people that I'll be working with? So that you can get a feel for, what it would actually be like day in and day out there. And then, you know, I mean, you're setting yourself up for an even better transition because you'll weed out the places that you're like, you you know how when you're talking to somebody and they're not totally forthright with you and you get that little feeling like they're holding something back, like, 
So if you're in an interview situation and they can't come up with the answers to these questions, you know, that's a red flag that this may not be the place I want to go. I might be putting myself back into a situation where I'd have to deal with this all over again. But there's some really effective ways that you can, you know, bring these questions up in an interview. And, you know, it allows you to vet the company as much as they're vetting you. That is brilliant. Great perspective to show you are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. I'm going to take that into my piece with my high schoolers and let them know because they wonder and they have questions. They may not have all of the ability to maybe ask and be aware of it. And so, hmm, to add a few more of those awesome little questions within that during our practice. I think that's awesome. Rebecca had something to say here. She said, I had colleagues who were shocked when the principal walked up to where we were standing before school. He greeted both of them and ignored me. Boy, See, that's that isolationism that we were talking about. It may not be anything physical and it may not be anything verbally that's said, but it made her feel as though she's not part of this organization and she's not contributing. And so that's what I, you know, like what we were talking about is that sometimes these things are just patterns of behavior and, you know, and don't discount them. You know, a lot of times, you know, we're sitting there and we go, well, it didn't really hurt me or maybe it was an oversight. And like I said, anybody can have that one bad day or, you know, maybe they've got something going on right now. But if it's a pattern of behavior, then that's something you really need to look into and address. That's right. That's right. Really, really awesome things. Okay, Miss Shelley, we have talked about when in doubt, delete it. We've talked about get noticed, get hired. We have also shared with dealing with negative people at work. So we have covered quite an amazing thing. You did mention something about coaching. What's so, so you're coaching too? Like share about all of this. So yes, I work with individuals who are considering job changes, or maybe they're looking at a promotion. They're wanting to, you know, up their game at work. And how do they get on the radar for a promotion that may be coming down the line? Or maybe they're wanting a promotion at another company. And so I work with them on developing their brand, which is like their marketing materials and what, you know, their LinkedIn profiles, their resume, their cover letters. Um, we work on building their network of connections that can help them in a way and position them for success. And so all of that goes into your career brand, building that personal brand that sets you up for career success. And so one of the things that we really do, especially if you're changing from one industry to another, is look at how your skill set translates to where you want to be. What can you carry over to where you're going? And how do you communicate that effectively for that job versus maybe how you used it where you were previously? And so I work one-on-one -on -one with clients doing that. Um, we also work on building your LinkedIn profile. You know, like that is the number one place recruiters find people now. And so, you know, if you're seriously looking, you know, that's a great place to go. And you can even kind of search online there incognito. So you don't have to announce to the world that you're looking for something. There's a little a little trick that you can do with your profile that lets recruiters know that you're looking, but you're, you don't have a big flag on your on your profile that says, hire me, hire me, hire me. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that we can work with and do that, that gets your name out there, that starts building you some recognition 
that positions you as an expert in your field or that it positions you with I'm the person with the skills that you need for this particular job. And, you know, it, it's it's so much fun to me. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've worked with a couple of clients just recently that are making some big switches and some of them have had already had some awesome news this year. And, you know, for me, it's super exciting. Um, I got into this a long time ago. Um, it started with college students and then it grew into more, um, you know, mid-level and upper career people as, as I have kind of grown in my career. Um, but what's really funny is that my background is in PR and marketing. And what I learned a long time ago is that a PR campaign for a product is no different than how you position yourself for the job that you want or the career that you want. You basically use the same techniques, build your brand, build your image and put it out there. So that makes you irresistible, not to the buyer, but to the hiring manager. I love it. Make yourself irresistible, not to the buyer, but to the hirer, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Nice work. All right, Miss Shelley, we got about two minutes left. What is your final like beacon of light to the world? What is the last thing you want people to know about tonight? So the last thing I would say is you control what happens to you. And that's the one takeaway that I would love for someone to take from this, that you deserve to go to work in a place that you love, where you feel appreciated, where you feel valued, and where you feel like you have a contribution, and where the work is meaningful. And if that's not the situation that you're in right now, you know, if you need help, take, you know, look at my website, look at these free resources I've got, please take them, please use them. I've been in that situation, and I know how that carries over into your personal life. And the one thing that I could wish for you is that you wake up on Monday and you're excited about where you're fixing to go and where that paycheck is coming from. Beautiful. Well said. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being a part of our conversation tonight. Again, thank you so much, Ms. Chelly, for being an amazing friend, an amazing person that has given us a whole new set of hope. It is awesome. And so, Chelly, thank you again. We'll see everybody soon. Tune in all the time that we can for our Beacon of Light podcast. We'll see everyone. Bye, guys.